Hello, hello, party people. Welcome to Elite Week, episode 63. New ships and planet tech talk. Galactic water cooler, Friday the 19th, 2021. I am your host, Kai Zen, and uh, got a beer in my hand, and we're flying spaceships. Life is good. I want to uh, introduce you to everyone. Starting first off, we've got my XO. Roy, say hello to the beautiful people. Welcome to the party, everyone. Glad you're here. Absolutely. Our tactical officer, Tweak, will be joining us shortly. He is on kid duty because his wife had to go run an errand. So he will be with us shortly, but Tweak is here. Our counselor, Boss Lady B, is in the house. Say hello to Boss Lady. Good evening, everyone. It is wonderful to be here. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking about new ships tonight. So it'll be awesome. Absolutely. And uh, our engineers, WK Jazz, say hello to the beautiful people. Hello, everybody. It's the last Friday of the week. So make it count. For sure. The last Friday of the week. I just figured out what you said there. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm not as drunk as you think I am. I'm not as think as you drunk I am. I don't know. We have our on-air producer, Control It On, in the control booth. Say hi to the beautiful people, Control. Hello. It's Friday. And Elite Week. Enjoy. Absolutely. The Swede from Brooklyn is in the house representing. We also have a graphics producer, Swordsmith. We want to thank him for the work that you see on the screen that's making things even prettier than before. We've got an executive producer, Wolf Dragon, who handles my shit because I'm fairly lazy. I don't like the work. And we've got a podcast editor extraordinaire, Mono Hive, that will be making this all sound beautiful for you, podcast people. I hope you enjoy it. Woo! That's a lot of people. We have, like I said, I keep saying we've got a good staff going now. If I can hire like four or five more people, I may be able to escape in the confusion and just show up drunk and listen to the show instead of having to do anything. That would be great. Our cover art today is New Worlds. I hope you dig it. Our opening song was I'm Still Standing by Pomplamoose. Love that band. Our closing song is going to be When the Party's Over by Olivia Cooper Harris. I hope you enjoy it. So let's get right into things. We have today a great show planned for you. We landed on Mars. We've got a chat with the lovely and talented Dr. K about Planet Tech, a Lacon buyout, Rochester behind bars, and new ships. Shh, don't tell anyone. All this and more, so stay tuned. If you're listening to us on the podcast and would like to see the live show and visuals, check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash eliteweek and on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash EliteWeek. If you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch and would like to know how to catch us on our podcast, check out anchor.fm forward slash EliteWeek. For sending us your thoughts by email, you can reach us at EliteWeek3306 at gmail.com. Our very active and growing Elite Week Discord can be found at tinyurl.com forward slash Elite Week Discord, where you can check out or contribute to community feedback, resources on turning the wheel, and real-time updates about Elite from a variety of content creators. In addition to the Discord community feedback channel, feel free to write in our YouTube comments anything about the topic of the week, as well as anything else you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're enjoying the show on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and click on the bell. It really helps us out. On Twitch, a follow would be much appreciated. 
If you're on Twitter, feel free to follow at EliteWeek3306 for news and information about Elite Dangerous and cool sci-fi and space news. We record live on YouTube every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 1 a.m. UTC. So come and join in on the fun. If you're listening to us on the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And let us know if there's a format you want us to look into. We don't do Patreon, so save your money and just tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the show. Tell them something good. Lie if you have to. It's all good. So right off the bat, I I want to sort of reintroduce uh, WK Jez and the Boss Lady B. They were unavailable because last week they weren't able to be on the show because they had other commitments that they had to deal with. Uh, and I know that Boss Lady specifically messaged me like three times to say, you let me say what I love about Elite. So I'm going to just hand the mic over to them and give you a minute or two to say all the awesome stuff that you love about Elite. Well, thank you, Kai. Yes, I was so mad that the topic of conversation last week was all the positivity, all the things we love about the game. So I did message him and say, hey, you know, I don't care what the topic of conversation is this week, although I do like the the topic this week. But um, yeah, there's just so much that we love about this game. And I'm sure you all have heard it a million times and you heard it all last week. But the best thing about Elite Dangerous is you guys. It is the community. It is the people that love this game, enjoy it. And the conversations and the wonderful stories that people create within the sandbox that is Elite Dangerous. Um, I mean, just this last week, a special shout out to Servidian for for coming over to the charity stream and donating and doing so much for the community and you know just through barely knowing me because he knows Kai and that's the type of generosity and just amazing support that this community has for each other and the fuel rats the whole seals i mean these organizations are volunteer organizations and it shows how the players love to help each other and all the incredible stuff that goes on between people inside this universe not saying anything else because i mean we all know the game is beautiful <laughs> we all know we love the ships we all you know we love making credits there's there's so much to love about it but that's that's the main thing i wanted to say i want to second your shout out of servidian and say that um dude that that is a fucking beautiful human being. He is a cool dude. He's cool to talk to. We talk in private and little chats here and there. He talks. He's very active in the Elite Week Discord with interesting and insightful opinions and, and like viewpoints on things. And also, just as a heads up for those people that are enjoying the improved visual component of the show on YouTube and Twitch. So he's like some like rich investor guy in real life, but he does like professional level photography for funsies. Like that's a thing that he enjoys. And he does these amazing also in-game photographic art, whatever you want. Like, I don't I'm not that complicated. I'm not that fucking deep but he does these like amazing pictures in the game and he's posted a bunch of them in the elite images channel we've used multiple of them as as uh thumbnails for different things in the show so um i just wanted to say he is like one of those guys one of those like spvfa level art photography guys in the game so i'm sure you're seeing some of his work in this slideshow as it goes through so big 
big salute to you, Cervidian. This cheers. I'm gonna down a little another one for you. And uh, uh, while I do, uh, Jez, do you want to elaborate on some of the things that you love about Elite Dangerous? Yeah, a lot of it is a continuation from what Bus Lady B is, and I think that more plaudits has to go out to the Elite community because for the career I had for streaming. I saw as a relatively unknown person at the start of it uh, a turnover of $6,000 for special effect charity. Um, and, you know, thinking back at some of the other things that people have done for people in need and everything else, it's not really... Yeah, Elite Dangerous to me is not so much a game now. It's it's the stories and the narrative and the representation of the kind of spirit of people, I guess, that, that makes it really, really work well for so many people. So it's, it's definitely like, Elite Dangerous is nice, but, you know, let's face it, the real heroes of the game are the people that play it and create the narrative and create, you know, difference making for people. So uh, I want to thank everybody for that and letting me be a part of it. The real heroes is are the people in the community, as well as a couple of once in a fucking generation geniuses like Dr. K. Ross. I love you so much. David Braben. I love you so much. Dav Stott. I love you so much. 100%. That's, that's cool. That's legit. Next up, we have, uh, yeah, the Dark Wheel update. It's the Dark Wheel update. The Dark Wheel has been gaining ground steadily. It's been, you know, slow and steady. We've been screwed by a couple of things. First off, there was a little bit of opposition, let's say, to our efforts, and that's fine. You little trolly trolls. God bless you, you little trolly trolls. You do what you do. We crushed you. Uh, also, we got kind of screwed by system states, but that's now flipped in our uh, back around to our favor uh, because the work that we've done, uh, and when I say we, I mean... Wolf Dragon as the current general of the mission, as well as the members of the Black Sky Legion, as well as the members of the Rabbit Hamster Assault Force, as well as the people that are both in the Discord following the standing orders and the people that are on the 20 plus different Discords that are subscribed to our standing orders that are doing the mission, as well as the people on the forums who were like, I don't do Discord, but they are following the mission. You guys are getting it done, and I love you all. You guys are fucking rock stars. We are now at the point where I think tomorrow we are going to engage the war with the controlling factor, and I absolutely believe that it will be a four day sweep and we will own this system after that another week and we'll be pending expansion then it's 12 days waiting nothing we can do about that that's built into the game and we will expand and we will test the soul site now there's been all kinds of excitement and questions about like hey man did you see what they said on the on the live stream i think expanding into soul might work you might expand in there or you might grant a permit of some kind or you might get a mission from the dark wheel or something i don't know maybe that happens maybe that doesn't we don't know that's why we test it but 
a lot of people seem to think that that's going to do something. And if it does, I will be super excited and we'll follow up on that. If it doesn't, that's okay. Because we already have the next cube prepared. And when I say we, I mean, again, Wolf Dragon, who does all the work. Um, Wolf Dragon has the next cube prepared so that we're ready to immediately expand into LFT 509. And that is the spot where I really, truly believe something may happen. I think that that is the spot that is the home of Zorak Wheel. I think that is the spot that we were meant to get to. And I think that that will turn into a new permit, a new something. Either Soul, which we're testing now, we're in the process of doing, or LFT 509, which we're in the process of testing very soon, as soon as the game will allow, according to the preset 12-day like wait for pending expansion to expansion to active landing me mechanism. But that's where we're at. So I hope that all of the people, there's been uh, le like legit, the pilot did a whole thing about how like, oh man, I think I was wrong. Looking at this, it looks like something's happening. And other people have been very, very, very excited. And it's been a thing where we've had just massive numbers of people joining the Discord and getting involved. Um, for those who don't know, you can join the Discord it's in the link in the show notes for the podcast and the uh, YouTube video. You can join the, the Elite Week Discord and the bottom channel is like the, the bottom room is just all channels for the Dark Wheel Project. And you can get involved. If you're like, I don't have any interest in Discord, you can get involved from the Frontier Forums post. There's a, a special post for this project that's going and it's it's all there for you guys so like come in get involved this is the hot thing we're all let's be honest we're all waiting we all are in limbo on odyssey and there's not much going on right now at this exact moment come and join in get in on the fun i hope you enjoy it that said uh we're just as a heads up the dark wheel is at 34.5% and in Boom and Simple Liberty in uh, the system of Ross154. If you are just listening on the podcast and you don't do the Discord, you don't do the forums, you don't do anything, go to Ross154 and do missions for the Dark Wheel to help it grow. Um, in addition to that, you can join BSL1 on PC. BSL1 is the tagline. The actual squadron name is Black Sky Legion. You can join us in pushing this. This is the official group and we are pushing the dark wheel and we're about to make history of some kind, one way or the other. So yeah, um, let me ask you, Roy, how, how are you feeling about this whole dark wheel, Michigas? What's up? <laughs> uh... Well, of course, uh, it's super exciting, and um, I think, like you, I've I I wasn't too sure what to think. I've been say cautiously optimistic about Soul and super excited about LFT five hundred nine, uh, but um, yeah, all the sort of little little 
uh, indicators and certainly the some of the hype around Seoul, I'm I'm thinking like, hmm, you know, there there is a permit lock on Titan. Maybe that's something. Um, who knows? I'm, Maybe. I'm just really excited. I think I think it's great that everybody's uh, pitching in, and we just got to hang in there for the big push at the end here and and see where it goes. In addition, not for nothing, but in the lore of the game, it's pre-established that when they first uh, were mapping out Mars, the Federation came across a secret thing, an artifact, an alien artifact that is neither Thargoid nor Guardian in origin that is said to be in the lore about the size of a child's fist that is some special alien artifact thing? I don't know. I'm not saying that I expect that that's going to be something that that Frontier decides to tell us about, but I mean, it could be. Who knows? You never know. There's that. There's the Titan uh, uh, permit lock, which is, of course, as you indicate, is like it makes no sense. Like, why? There's no atmosphere there's i mean there's an atmosphere but there's no yes triton around neptune which doesn't have an atmosphere as opposed to titan around jupiter saturn that does have an atmosphere we'll see how it all plays out join the black sky legion bsl1 on pc version of elite dangerous next up we've got Elite Dangerous on Xbox Game Pass as of February 25th. So Xbox Game Pass, I'm going to be honest with you right now, I'm not 100% sure I'm clear on what it does and what it is. But as I understand it, <clears throat> for those people that are on the Xbox that play uh, Elite or, or, or play on the Xbox, period, there's this thing that's an Xbox Game Pass that you pay some monthly subscription and then you get access to like free this month this game this game and this game free next month this game this game and this game and it's going to be like free this on february 25th as of february 25th like elite dangerous and we sort of expected that's going to be another a lesser but another version of the you know rush of like the gold rush of new players like that was experienced with the epic store free elite dangerous um thing from from like november-ish so yeah that should be very very cool and in addition to that you know it's such a big thing if you look at all of the xbox game pass members that you're literally going to have some people even earlier or later that they're like, oh, I saw that this was on Xbox Game Pass. And they sort of wander into the community and they're like, what's up with this? And they look at it and it's it's a very cool marketing tool, PR tool sort of thing where it puts it in front of a bunch of people and it lets them look at it and lets them go, oh, I didn't know about this. This is cool. Boss Lady, I know you had a question about the uh, that whole thing. Go ahead. Kind of summed it up, but I just wanted to add in that we've already seen people kind of wandering in uh, who are seeing that it's going to be on the Xbox Pass next week. And it is that opportunity for people who may have heard about Elite, but also for a lot of people who have never heard about Elite, they're going to be like, oh, what's that game? Click. And uh, communities like this one are great because if they wander on into Elite Week, they'll get all this information and meet all these wonderful people that can tell them about the game. 
Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. That's very nice of you. Uh, my XO in Black Sky Legion and my executive producer of the show is messaging me to say that BSL1 is now at over 56 total members. Just did a round of application acceptance. People are joining all the time. So yeah, get in on that. And as Boss Lady is saying, this is a really awesome promotional sort of marketing you know, orgy of new players, which is great because new blood, it's new people, new ideas, new, you know, you're going to have Elite Dangerous is a game that has a very high sort of learning curve and it's very, very expansive and deep. And that's going to turn a lot of people off because a lot of people are going to want the sort of World of Warcraft. I go to a place, I'm in a thing, there's a guy question marks on their foreheads. I click on them, I go do a thing, they got an exclamation point, I turn it in. Yeah, there's going to be the facile people that want the super simple, you know, lead you by the hand theme park. And Elite Dangerous isn't that. Elite Dangerous is a brilliant, amazingly deep very hard, unforgiving, very rewarding if you get past the initial whatever and get into it. A sandbox of like, there's all this out there for you. And the way that you sort of market to that is you market to the masses, you get millions to look at it out of those, you know, hundreds of billions that look, millions will say yes. Out of those millions to say yes, Hundreds of thousands will stick with it. Out of those hundreds of thousands that stick with it, thousands will fall in love and go for the long run. That is sort of the the, the, the math of this. And yeah, so it's it's beautiful that they're doing this. It's good. It's a it's a good thing in the long run for the game. Jess. I think it's good and very important to be building the Xbox community for especially for space games because a lot of us as PC players always factor in Star Citizen in the mix. Well, you don't have that option on Xbox. Um, really, how do you explore space, uh, you know, so freely? You got No Man's Sky, you got Xbox, and by honoring the console players, it's a demographic that I think definitely the more players, the louder the voice, and I am thrilled to see it happening and still, fingers crossed, hopefully mean that those players can join the other players through cross-platform. For sure. That's a good point. Like, that's the point. You get a bunch of people in and you filter them through and some stick and some don't and you grow the product. Next up, we have Sagittarius I Magazine, issue 33, which dropped February 18th. 2021. It's uh, 40 minutes long, so it just dropped the other day. In it, you have three major articles. You've got the Scarab Mastery Challenge, where they talk all about the Scarab Mastery Challenge that Osashis won. We talked about it last week. It was the even the, the thumbnail for last week's episode. And uh, yeah, it was legit. There is so much cool things Elite Dangerous does not get the credit that it deserves for the physics model. I think it has the best, uh, and I'm a huge Star Citizen fan. I'm not a elite fanboy who talks shit on Star Citizen for nothing. I enjoy them both. 
But I'll tell you, Elite Dangerous has the better physics models for flight and for the sort of the SRV stuff, the 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 you know flying and all the cool stuff that you can do with that. It is legit. Whereas the Star Citizen ground vehicles, whether you're talking about the Rock Miner or the I forget the name of the little golf cart there, or the name of the is it the Kodiak or whatever the hell that I own one. I don't even remember. There's like a thing that looks more like the 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 uh, lost in space ground vehicle there but they don't have the the little sort of jet rockets that you can boost and jump um so yeah the scarab mastery challenge is amazing and it is fairly unique as of now to elite dangerous and uh huge salute to Osashis for winning it and in addition they had two other articles they had the spotlight on the Imperial Courier um, which is a very very cool ship if you get down to it like people are like ah you know the Viper's faster yes it is but it won't be that fast if you allow for decent jump range and the you know carrying of stuff and combat uh, proficiency uh, in addition to that, there was the of Eagles and Angels Expedition. I voiced part of that. I was one of the I'm one of the crew of the voice actors for Sagittarius Eye Magazine, which is a cool expedition and deserves, you know, to, to be looked at. For sure, take a look. Go to www.sagittarius-i.com and check out episode 30 or issue 33, February 18, 2021. 40 minutes long. This is the last episode of Sagai Magazine that will be just podcast only. They were doing where they had like a online PDF magazine in addition to the podcast. Then they just suspended it like a dozen or less issues back. And then they are bringing it back now because they've got new stuff with, with Odyssey. And they're like, we're going to do the podcast and the PDF version again. And the PDF version has amazing art assets. So go check it out when it comes out next month. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. www.sagittariusi or sagittarius-i.com. Um, <clears throat> next up, we've got issues that console players have been having over the last couple of weeks. There have been various login troubles. Xbox players have been losing functionality of different things for the last couple of weeks, including squadrons, where like literally you're in a squadron, you log in, it shows that you're not in a squadron. And the players are like, what the fuck? Did I get kicked out? No, you didn't get kicked out. It's just functionality is off or missing or whatever. And then two, three days later, it shows up again. Oh, you back in the squadron? Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, for PlayStation players, apparently, approximately, according to a poll that was done, approximately a third of PlayStation players are not able to land on planets, which is confusing as fuck, because as of October 27th, uh 
Horizons was patched into the base game, so every player should have access. But apparently, there's a ton of PlayStation players that either are unable now or were unable for a period of time over a week to log in to the you know horizons and from you know uh, access so they couldn't land on planets and whatnot uh tweet or i'm sorry uh chez you had a, a thing on the the uh on that i did i was just thinking of tweaked on all of this and just trying to figure out kind of the question is how, how much hair has he been pulling out this week with console issues <clears throat> yeah he was having console issues for the squadron content he i don't think he was having any issues for landing on planets i think that was a a different thing that was just for the playstation people but i can tell you that and i'm saying this because tweak's not here he'll be joining us shortly but tweak was having a weird balance of frustrations from the squadron stuff not working the way it was supposed to for a couple of days and then it did balanced against amazing joy on how awesome Elite Dangerous is running on his Xbox S or Xbox X, whatever the the new one, one of the notes. There's two new ones. There's an S and an X. I don't know which one is which, but like he's got one of the new ones that's really good and he's super happy. Like, oh my God, it looks better than it's ever looked and it runs faster than it's ever run. On the one side, that's all pros. On the con side, he's like, uh, my squadron disappeared for a couple of days. Xbox Series X he has. He's typing it in the chat in the back room for us. So yeah, he's got the X, which is the good one, question mark. I don't know, Xbox, whatever. So basically on the one hand, I get that you're frustrated if the console shit isn't working and you have every right to be upset and frustrated. On the other hand, it shows that whatever the hell it is that's going on, I don't know what it is. I'm not a computer guy, but there's some smart people on the back end fucking with shit, which they wouldn't be doing except for if they're trying to make it better. So like question mark slash thumbs up. I don't know. That's I can't really talk intelligently on this because this is a thing that I I know very little of. And that takes us to Frontier News. For news beyond the game, it's Frontier News. It's Frontier News. All right. So right off the bat, let's talk about the streams. There were two big streams this week, obviously, as always, the Tuesday and the Thursday stream. So the Tuesday stream was Super Cruise News episode 23 with community manager Zach and community manager Stephen Benedetti. And um, I had received direct confirmation last week from community manager Bruce that the question and answers from last week was just delayed and uh, that we would be getting it early this week along with another Q&A at the end of the week. If you can see on the screen, I messaged Bruce last week saying, no more Q&A Fridays, question mark. He responded, Q&As are still on, but we bumped this week's for early next week. Should be two next week if all goes well. And I said, after, uh, so that was February 14th. That was over the weekend. On the 16th, I had received news uh, that had indicated that we were going to have a, a, a Dr. K stream in lieu of that week's Q&A. So I had messaged him saying, so assuming the Thursday stream with Q with K is in lieu of one of the Q&As, are we still getting the other? Question mark. To which I received a response. So, so let me clarify. <clears throat> that was... I asked that after the stream. 
on the stream, I had asked them repeatedly, like, like, hey, I, I asked them twice. I was like, hey, I was told by a community manager last week that the Q&As were still going on and that we'd get two this week, one early and one late at the end of the week. <clears throat> What's up? Are we getting those? Despite the fact that on the Tuesday Super Cruise News episode 23, the, the live chat was just dead and and that my, my comment stayed on there for quite some time, they ducked the question. After the stream, I got a message from Bruce saying, the Q&As are on hold for the time being, to resume later, the stream is in lieu of the Q&A. And I had responded back. So the last message that you sent me like a couple of days ago on the 14th was not accurate then, to which I got not a response. So that's that. We were supposed to get a Q&A last Friday. We never got one. They never said anything about it. Um, I asked privately, hey, what's up? And I got back an answer saying, oh, you'll get it. There was some holdup. You'll get it early next week. You'll, you know, Monday, Tuesday, whatever, you'll get it. It never came. I asked about it on the stream. I got ducked. I asked about it again. They ducked it again. I asked about it privately. And I got this response like, oh, by the way, yeah, nope, changed my mind. We're not doing that. In addition, if you remember Tuesday last week on the Super Cruise News, I had asked on the stream, hey, what's up? It's been over two weeks or two months since we got a dev diary. Are we getting one soon? I'm like, I'm not asking for a day. I'm just saying, are we getting one soon? Can you give us any clue? To which Bruce had responded to my question that like, oh yeah, yeah, no, there's one slated for towards the end of the month of February. Uh, control it on. Can you play that clip, please? Yeah, so Kaizen asked for updates on any more dev diaries or the like. Um, we don't have specific dates to announce, but um, we do have more of those kinds of things planned. Um, it's safe to say that we have one slated for <laughs> towards the end of this month um, and the following month, obviously, with Odyssey launch being so close. Um, well, at least the alpha launch being so close, there's only so much time for us to, to share what we have left to share with you guys. Um, so that's kind of safe to assume that there will be some more content on that coming reasonably soon. It's safe to say that we have one slated for towards the end of the month and with Odyssey content, yada, 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 coming another one next month. And it's safe to say that the, the betas or whatever will be coming soon. Okay. So again, just to clarify, the end of the month is next week. Next, The end of next week is the end of the month. So I asked in this Tuesday stream, hey, is that still on track? Or is that scheduled for next week? Because next week is the end of the month. Again, the chat was dead on the Tuesday stream and they had every opportunity to respond to the question. They very clearly ducked it. Uh... So there's that. Uh, <clears throat> now, after dodging the question, um, I later received a reprimand or whatever, a stern worded whatever from Frontier on the issue. Uh, to me, this indicates yet another shift back, another delay, another something i don't know uh and <clears throat> yeah i uh that was the tuesday stream if you want to check it out go to twitch stream which will be removed in the next week you can see my comments you can see what they said 
uh, I don't know. I don't know what you think about this. If that like something is in flux here and it's getting moved further back, it's getting more delayed, more whatever, and it's it is what it is. All right, which takes us to the Thursday stream. <clears throat> now the Thursday they did what they called a discovery scanner with Dr. K live stream and Art and Bruce. Right off the bat, the scheduling for this, they scheduled Twitch drops for this stream. Scheduling Twitch drops when you finally have someone on that people wanna hear and discuss things with just turns the entire chat into a shit show. It, the entire chat is flying by at a million miles a second and it's Twitch drops, Twitch drops, Twitch drops, question mark, Twitch drops, purple, Twitch drops. That's that's your entire chat. I'm confused by this. I don't know why it's even a shit show as it's the same purple drops that they've been giving out three times already. But like it does every time. I don't, if you hand out free stuff, you get all of the people and all they do is put exclamation point, Twitch drops, Twitch drops, purple, Twitch drops, Twitch drops, purple, Twitch drops. That's the whole chat. It turns it into a shit show. On top of this, they decided to give out tchotchkes during the stream. So they're like, hey, Dr. K, can you tell us how you made the universe? Oh, by the way, let me just interrupt you to say, I'm gonna hand out this fucking elite dangerous water bottle and this elite dangerous earphones and whatever it's like oh now dr k is the principal programmer for elite dangerous she's a co-lead of the render team she's worked for eight years as an employee of elite dangerous of frontier development working on elite dangerous exclusively she's the creator of the stellar forge well the leader of the team that created the stellar forge she also streams on her own. She's very competent at doing this. It's not a question of like a big brain who doesn't know how to talk to people. She streams on her own for hours at a time, multiple times a week on Twitch. Please, for the love of God, next time, just let Dr. K collect questions and respond to them while digging around in the engine and then showing up at certain, obviously she can't show us the digging around in the background, but showing us on the screen stuff she wants to show us, let, just let her talk. At this point, that's, if we could get that twice a month or, or I'm sorry, not twice a month, once every two months, that would be incredible. And the numbers of people that you would get that would tune in for that would be bigger than the Twitch drop bullshit. Like that would be a, a, a stream worth watching. On the stream that we had, we had a shit show of three tchotchkes and bullshit giveaway and just as much talking was done by the community managers as dr k when you have dr k there nobody wants to hear from the used car salesman just stop talking and let dr k talk now the points of interest for this stream there were several number one as previously discussed the planet tech changes will be incorporated into the base game so even if you don't get odyssey you're going to get the prettier planets the lighting changes and shadows and whatnot upgrades from stars and atmospheres across the base of the game that's everybody gets that not even just uh <clears throat> you know her, uh 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 odyssey buyers in addition there's something called pbr materials 
It's an upgrade to the system to the visual characteristics of ships and other items. So our ships are going to look better than ever before. In addition to that, all landable planets in the game will be regenerated. That's got pluses and minuses. There's good parts and bad parts to that. Let's start with the cons, the minuses. Say goodbye to the Pomesh Ridges and Mount Neverest. The pros, we get to go on an Easter egg hunt and scout for the entire galaxy for new weird stuff. Maybe a planet, like they're re, it's re-rolling the dice. So maybe one of the planets that previously was boring as fuck now has cool stuff. That's awesome. In addition to that, we've got Dr. K <clears throat> made a small slip or maybe a hint on purpose. I don't know. She's a fucking genius. I don't question that stuff. I let it go. But that the new planet tech is designed to be far more robust to allow for more than just, quote, as she said it, these first group of planets, that's an exact quote. Now, obviously that hints at the continuing the atmospheric spectrum, i.e. after that, you've got gas giants, ammonia worlds, water worlds, earth-like worlds, colonized worlds, maybe, whatever. That opens up a whole door. But then she stopped and corrected herself, so she got it 100% right. Nobody can crack on her for the uh, the stream because she said, well, right, let me correct that and just say these planets. <clears throat> but the initial slip hinted at there's more on the atmospheric spectrum that's coming in Odyssey. And that's what I've suspected, and I've, that's what I hoped for. And I fucking love you, Dr. K. So for now, while now the Odyssey worlds don't seem different at all in game, you've got what are the Odyssey worlds? The tenuous atmospheric worlds that comprise of the following categories. Rocky, ice, rocky ice, metal rich, and high metal. They seem quite the same now. If you look at them, it's kind of whatever. They're going to look way different in the future. Also, there are separate regions that are called geomes that will have distinct looks such as, you know, polar ice caps. And the way that the rocky, they said there was a thing with like rocky distribution or something. It's going to change the distribution of the fumaroles and the rocks and the, the different things on the planet's surface. All amazing. <clears throat> on the con side, again, with the... Like certain, there are certain extreme mountains that are just crazy, super high. They'll be far less likely now that there is a more realistic gravity proportional, whatever, like that is going to be factored into how the worlds are done, the different planets are done. <clears throat> And yeah, lastly, I want to say, while the talk is great, there were no new visuals shown. I still have my summation to get to, but I'm going to stop myself and get to the other people that have comments on this, and then I'll do my summation. Boss Lady, you had some thoughts. Go ahead. Yeah, so I kind of have two different pieces. The first is the remapping, and I think this is the one that we're all the most excited about and focused in on, which is that we're going to see another rush like when they added in the tritium, and it changed up the hot spots in the rings. And we're going to see a lot lot of people getting out there and really pushing exploration and trying to find those new epic locations and so I think there actually is going to be a lot of kind of energy infused in even though those spots mm -hmm. that we love are going to be 
changed, it might also push people to want to go out and see those spots before they're changed. So I think we're going to see a lot of exploration coming in on that. Absolutely. And your other point? Yeah. So the other point I wanted to talk about was kind of the combination and what you said up front about combining the Twitch drops and an information stream. And I'm really excited to see FDev taking a lot of these suggestions the community has given and trying out these really new things like adding the Twitch drops and having kind of a roundtable discussion with a community member, I think you hit on a good point that maybe they've discovered that those two things don't really go together, but I'm really excited that they're trying out some new ways of engaging us and engaging the community and pulling people in to watch these streams. Absolutely. Jez? Dr. K. Ross, I would go as far to say is actually kind of, I'd call her a friend, really. We've done uh, podcasts, well, not podcasts, we've done interviews together and also kind of played games on her stream and stuff together as well. And it, it bears mentioning that um, socially, her cards are very, very close to her chest when it comes to discussions about Elite Dangerous formally. So I hope that we get more exposure to Dr. K. Ross um, on subsequent Frontier streams and with a little bit more airtime because she is a truly fascinating individual. Um, I would actually say borderline savant mm -hmm. in particle physics and everything. So whether she's making a slip or whether there's a lack of visual aid on screen, hanging on her words and what she has to say about the game is what we need going into Odyssey to kind of satiate the space sim players. So I hope that lessons are learned and we get more exposure to K. Ross and some of the other fan uh, fascinating people that we've seen on the dev diary so far. Mm. To, to market Odyssey, that's really what I would love to start seeing. Yeah, 100%. So first off, I I'll say with regard to Dr. Kay, I also consider her a friend. She is a beautiful human being. She is an incredible woman. Um, with regard to her playing things close to the chest, she does that outside of the Elite Dangerous Dreams because that's her job. She's a, a very conscientious and very good and very uh, proper employee. So when she does her private streams and she's playing Phantasmagoria or, you know, human fall flat or whatever and people come in and ask her elite dangerous questions she quite rightly says i can't talk about that or you know whatever like this isn't i'm this is my private stream channel where i am representing me as a human being me as a woman me as a gamer not me as a frontier employee i'm not going to talk about frontier stuff and that's what she's supposed to do she's not at all closed off or not communicative or not expressive when she is appearing as a frontier employee on the frontier streams she answers you know everything that's asked of her and amazingly well and that's i love her for that and that's what we need more of we need op open honest answers about things so i just i agree with you she's closed off on her private streams on frontier stuff but she is not at all closed off when she is representing frontier on the proper frontier streams and i'm legit i think if we every two months 
either once a month or every two months. If we were to get a stream with a Dr. K, with a Dav Stott, with a um, Zach Antonacci, you know, every couple of months, if we got a proper stream with them where they knew upfront, like they could clear it with legal, clear it with corporate, clear it with community management, clear it with whoever. But it's just like, here's a list of the 15 questions we've picked for you to answer. And then she said, okay, I'm going to answer this, this, and this. I want to display this, this, and this assets in game, like specific. And they said, okay, we've checked that out. That's all approved. Go for it. Do a stream like that, where she's allowed to talk and show stuff, get art out of the way, get Bruce out of the way. No community managers, no fucking Twitch drops, no fucking, oh, we got a water bottle and a fucking headset. No, fuck off. All that, get it out of the way. Put that stuff on the regular twice a week streams where you have community managers talking and nobody cares. When you have Dr. K, when you have Devstot, when you have Luke Betterton, when you have Dom or, or Zach Antonacci or someone that has something to say that people care about, don't have the used car salesman talking. Don't have fucking, oh, here's a water bottle. Here's a fucking purple page up. No, to schedule that shit out of the way. Come on. You had another point, uh, and then we're going to go to Roy. When it comes to I, um, great handling of live streams for game communities, I have to mention Jagex, which is Frontier's neighbors. They, they're the ones that make RuneScape. And the roles of community managers on those streams are usually kind of like a talk show host, uh, but uh, they'll switch over to a segment that goes over to the expert or the, the dev or the artist that takes the stream for that little bit of time. And I I think there's a balance there somewhere because I, yeah, I enjoy what the CMs do. It is good to see the CMs playing the game, though. I, I would like to see the separation and, and I would like them to look at their neighbors and really take a page out of their book for a great community stream because you can do all of those things in one stream if it's structured. And if you remember the old, uh, the the streams, like one of my favorite streams they did was the sound uh, design stream for the mm -hmm. FSS scanner. Mm -hmm. They used to sit around the the, the, the table, the, the chairs, uh, and, and kind of do it that way. And I think, yeah, the quicker we get over the COVID stuff and get back in the studio and, and you know, every bit of media that we see, not just Elite Dangerous, isn't from somebody's bedroom. It's the quality is going to go up. So not necessarily defending, but I, I, it, I see the logistic challenges and why it can come across like an epic cluster. I get it. I get it. I'll just say this. Don't schedule fucking stupid prize giveaways when you have a genius in there. Let the genius talk. And don't, it shouldn't be that you're chipping in a whole hell of a lot when the genius is talking. Let the genius talk. That's who we came to hear. Roy. Yeah, I had some thoughts about the, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, the surface wipe um, on landable planets. Uh, I mean, I'm currently on an expedition. I'm doing a lot of exploration of planets. I'm, I'm on the side looking for some uh, certain biologicals and, and other things like guardian things. And, and uh, one thing that comes to mind is, uh, Presumably, this wipe is going to change all the surface features, but I'm wondering mm -hmm. if it's also going to repopulate, reshuffle from scratch all the geology and biology as well. Um, it will. And if so, it, it reminds me of some reading I was doing on um, when when brain trees were first being explored years ago in the game, and people had a massive effort to go map them out and figure out mm -hmm. what kind of plant uh, planets hosted them. Um, and then I think it was, I think what I read was, this was before I played, but as I was sort of following people's journals on this in uh, forums and Reddit and other posts, 
it sounded like around the three, I think it was the 3.3 update, there was um, a kind of similar wipe when they changed how planets are scanned. So it used to be you'd fly close to the planet or it literally fly just above the surface and look for those blue circles on the radar. And, you know, that's how you found a biological to now we have the probes that you fire uh, mm -hmm. super cruise. And it was kind of, it, it was, it was kind of, tragic to read it because it was there was a few last posts that they were saying okay this is how this is now it's kind of sad because all these people just put you know <laughs> i guess the equivalent of hundreds of man hours of work into trying to map all these things out and discover them and now that's all gone and um i think uh it's it's good that the game evolves and brings in new mechanisms i'm sure as heck excited to see the new surface features all the new biology the the thing that i'm curious about though is with all the planets that have already been mapped one of the things that's an incentive for going and, and looking for things on planets is um, you get the first mapped, you also get the the credits for doing it from exploration. Now we're going to have a lot of, I think, a lot of planets that have already been quote-unquote mapped, but now they're new, but they can't be mapped again for any kind of credit, either in, mm -hmm. in, in accreditation or by credits, which is going to be a little weird. Um, and... I don't know. I, I think it almost, this maybe sound a little crazy, but it might almost make a case for if you're going to wipe the surfaces and they're actually brand new and there's whole new um, methodologies around things like biologicals, maybe it's worth looking at the, the, the whatever is touched by this, I guess all the new landable planets as well, maybe pull off the map. I get that. I totally do. But they're at a position where here's where they're at. Number one, they have to introduce the new tech because this new tech uh, accounts for letting them make the planets better, which they needed to do, which I wholly salute them for doing. Honestly, legitimately, <clears throat> that right there, just prettier planets. Ignore F FPS, ignore all the other shit. Just prettier planets is worth the $40 to me. And this doesn't just account for the new planets that we have. This new system is more robust to allow for the new planets that are coming. I'm talking about your water worlds, your your, your ammonia worlds, your, your gas giants, all of the other things. So they have to do this. Now, you're right. Theoretically, these planets are all different. It kind of makes an argument for removing the mapped by and allowing it to be remapped now that it's changed. But <clears throat> that touches into a very specific nerve of gamers of, you can't take my shit away. I was the first one to map that. I mapped that. I have the credit for it. My name is right there and it should be there forever i was promised whenever you take away shit from gamers they're super entitled and will freak the fuck out on you so maybe just a quick counterpoint to that it, it, there is a way to accommodate both of those if they had a bit okay. more sophistication around how they recorded it and how they displayed it there's nothing saying you couldn't still preserve someone's first visit there um and and somehow make it clear whether it was pre or post this massive change so you could end so up with two two mapped buys one for the old kind and one for the new kind i mean i mean I the, the, the issue the issue i get i see what you're saying about the accreditation and people lose you know taking away something it's it's also sort of a an efficiency tool when you're exploring you jump into a system um if it's brand new everything's brand new you get you get like i said all the things on it if it's already been explored with trillions of bodies in the, in the galaxy it's like i know there's a lot of people that just keep on flying you know there's gonna we're gonna end up with a lot of systems that have a legacy mapping and probably get flown through because why 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 waste your time on one that's already been mapped uh, even if it's been wiped when you could be doing one that hasn't been mapped that's been wiped i'm not arguing with you i 
I think you're exact, you're absolutely right. However, I think the fact of the matter is, is post Odyssey, people will just be checking every planet, whether it's been mapped or not for like, hey man, is this one with amazing canyons and mountains? Does this one have, there was, remember there's that Mount Neverest uh, that it's like, they call it that because it's like the Mount Everest, but it's never, it's not, it, it would never occur in real life. It's not possible. So like, like, so people will be looking for that. Like, what's the new one? Like Pamesh is gone. Mount Neverest is going to be gone. Like these, these are going to be gone. But there might be new ones on worlds that were previously unexciting. And there's new geoms and there's new, it's, it's one of those things that I agree with you. It sucks. There's a weird kind of, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't zone there. But I salute Frontier for making the improvement. And I think that it is worth it that there's no right way they can handle that. So I give them a pass and just go, okay, I, I like what you're doing. And the implementation of it is going to be problematic no matter how you think about it. We're just going to have to hold on and go for the ride. In addition to that, here's sort of my summation, my thoughts on the stream on Thursday. I love Dr. K madly. And I think that Dr. K is amazing. And as I've said, I think having a Dr. K stream was brilliant. And I think that they should do it regularly. Having said that, the impression that I got was, thanks for telling us about the Planet Tech again. Now, can we please see some details on anything fucking else? Question mark. So far, we have Planet Tech 100% covered. In addition to that, they've shown us a solid 90 seconds that is cut into one and a half second, no HUD, Michael Bay smash cuts of FPS Pew Pew. In addition to that, we've gotten five still picks of FPS with a HUD and fuck all else. If you're really two to three months away from a completed product, how about you show us something, anything. They didn't even show us new pictures or video of the planet tech. They literally were just talking about it and showing us stuff we've already seen. They've mentioned, but shown none of combined arms. They've mentioned, but shown none of salvaging. They've mentioned, but shown none of hacking. They've mentioned, but shown none of exobiology other than one pick of a plant gun and one second of somebody running around holding a plant gun out that didn't even show a plant. They've mentioned, but shown none of the tools. They've mentioned, but shown none of the suits. They've mentioned, but shown none of Odyssey. I'm not saying this to be shitty. I'm not saying this because I don't love Frontier. I'm not saying this because I don't love Elite Dangerous. I'm saying this because I'm legitimately scared that at this point you're not showing us anything is that because it's more and more delays while you figure out what's getting cut what's getting moved is that because we're about to get word that oh by the way pc players are going to get it maybe come november december and uh, uh, console players will get it six months later i don't i don't know but i feel like this is stalling and i feel like i love you and if you were honest with me i could accept it and work with you but if you lie to me I have to call out the bullshit when I see it. Jez, you had something? Yeah, I was just kind of rifting with uh, Roy about the multiple levels of map by. I think it's just a case of having to squint our eyes and probably just accept that the landscape has changed and it's not really explicable. I know it's a bit kind of nah, but... I agree. It's a game. You have to kind of give them, you have to work with them somewhat. You have to give them a little bit of disbelief or whatever. So long as they're honest with you, you can work with them. See how that works? Well, do, do you mind if I ask you a question? Because I kind of am debating about this internally, and I think it's probably something that 
you or anybody else might answer better to form my own opinion, but do you think sure. that the way they're handling it, they are going for a coup de gras for the last thing? Because, I mean, that is my deep belief. I want to believe that they're leading up to an epic finale. Oh, you sweet, sweet summer child. Okay. I, I want to believe as well, but I'm, it's like, I, I want to believe, but I'm not going to climb the roof and jump because no, I, yeah. I love them. I believe here's uh, honestly, let's cut the bullshit. This is what I honestly think. I think they hit a roadblock. I think they fucked up. I think they're trying to like behind the scenes, like, oh, we'll sweep it under the rug. Maybe a lot of the new players won't notice. Those of us who know what's really going on do notice. Let's look at it from the, an honest standpoint. Frontier development have already proven they can put out a great fucking product. I am a fan of them. I am a fan of their game. I think this is a blip, man. I think they fucked up. I think they hit a wall. I think they're lying about it because they're embarrassed to admit it. I really wish they would treat us like fucking adults and tell us the truth, but... And this is the huge butt. This is the biggest of butts. This is JLo Plus. I think this is a blip. I think in six months, they'll fix it. They'll get over whatever the, I don't know, man. Making a game seems super hard. It's crazy, whatever. And yes, they're stalling. And it's obvious at this point. It's blatantly fucking obvious. But I think they'll get past it. Give them a month or two or six or eight or whatever it takes. They'll get past it. Elite right now is an amazing game. Forget Odyssey. Let's imagine Odyssey doesn't exist. A year from now, it'll still be an amazing game that offers more than just about any other game I can imagine. I'm a huge fucking fan. I just don't like being lied to. Be honest to me and say, hey man, we fucked up. We hit this wall. Part of it's COVID. Part of it's other stuff. Part of it's anything. I don't know. Whatever. Just be honest and say, we thought we'd be at a place. We're not at that place. We're working on getting there. Trust us. We'll get there. Because you know what? You say that to me, honestly, as a man, I will trust you because they've proven they put out a good product. Sometimes they put out shit short term. Oops, this is a little whatever, but they fix it later. They make it better. They get it good in the end. And I trust that they will do it again. Just don't like being fucking lied to. That's where I'm coming from. Here's the other side of this, right? From a game development point of view and perspective. When you're getting ready to lead, uh, lead in with a new DLC or a new product, there is going to be the roadmap. And nearly every game, every game out there, what they have on that roadmap, every, every part of that will not be there at launch. Now, there's a good chance of what you're saying that the minimal viable product is going to be a little bit less than what they've got planned. But I believe more positively, without trying to sound fanboy, if it is a question of shuffling what should or shouldn't go in at launch, the work, rather than something else going on behind the scenes, the work is trying to figure out what the best blend is going to be. I, I don't dispute that at all. I'm just saying, be honest with us as we go. You're, you're pushing it back because it's not ready. Be honest about why it's not ready. Be honest about where you're at. And, and then we'll just be adults about it, yeah? We all love Frontier. We're all willing to extend them the benefit of the doubt. Just be honest. The one thing I will say is that we have in the show notes uh, a link to the awesome Reddit summary notes of this whole uh, thing, as well as the YouTube link to the Dr. K Discovery Scanner on Planet Tech. Um, it's great. I do not want to be seen as talking shit on it because I love it and I love Dr. K. I wish that they would give us honest answers on the rest of the stuff that's coming in Odyssey. Which takes us to Galnet news. 
Roy, why don't you start with the uh, the Galnet news? Okay, February 15th, we had uh, Federation damaged by corruption and conspiracy. Corruption and conspiracy in a galactic government? I'm shocked, totally shocked. Apparently they are too. Uh, February 16th, Alliance bails out Lacon Spaceways. Uh, that showed up again in a, a few of the future stories here we'll touch on as well. February 18th, there was two stories, Rare Goods Required for Galactic Summit. That was the lore side of the CG kickoff, uh, which we'll talk about. Uh, uh, number two on February 18th, Victory for Federal Forces Against Jupiter Division. That's the lore side of the conclusion of the previous CG, uh, of the, the combat between the Federation and uh, and the Rogue rogue uh, Core Dynamics uh, group. And then on February 19th, Lacon Spaceways Spaceways headquarters moves to Alioth system. So now all shipyards within the Alioth system are offering a permanent 5% discount on Lacon vessels. Uh, you'll still need to get a permit for Alioth to, to get that uh, discount though. And let's roll into the community goals. So uh, we have the newest one is rare goods required for the Galactic Summit. Um, a lot of different rares they're asking for. And if it's mm -hmm. successful, Sirius uh, Corporation is going to make the um, previously available uh, double engineered FSD drive uh, available for purchase at the human technology brokers. It's mm. a great, great module. Um, yeah, it see is. Them expanding the use of that mechanism. And then, of course, the uh, the fight between the Federation and Jupiter, Jupiter went to the Federation, um, not a huge surprise. Would have been nice to see where the lore might have gone uh, had it gone the other way, though. Um, mm -hmm. So that's uh, that's the community goals. All right. So let's break through all of these one by one and, and take a look at them real quick. Federation damaged by corruption, yada, yada. We knew that. Alliance bails out Lacon Spaceways. We're going to talk about that in one of the discussion topics, but that's some very, very cool stuff. Rare goods required for Galactic Summit. We'll talk about that shortly. Victory for the Federation forces against Jupiter Division. Like you said, that's eh, kind of the most boring way that story could have worked out. Mm, that sucks, but whatever. Lacon Spaceways moves to Alioth. Again, that's part of the thing we'll talk about on the community goals. The previous week's one, Jupiter lost. <coughs> <clears throat> and people got permits to a new system for that. That is cool. That's good. So yay. Those who didn't get the permits can go get it now from the Federation ship that's in like the next system over. You can go and <clears throat> get the permit to that. And, and you know, okay, that's cool. Um, I feel like not a whole huge amount of people did this one because it's kind of like story-wise meh. Uh, as far as <clears throat> everybody sort of most people did enough to make sure they could get the permit because they want permits, but like whatever. On the new community goal, let's talk about this for a minute. So just from the standpoint of the FSD, this is the same FSD that everybody crybabied over last time because it's like, oh, you said you were going to only give it to the top 25% and then you gave it to 75%. Oh, you screwed us over. And it's like, how? They were nicer than they said. Frontier was nicer than they had committed to. That's not, spoiler alert, people. That's not screwing people over. That's Frontier being nice. Fucking get over yourself. Uh, <clears throat> with regard to um, the whole sort of thing of like, well, you know, it's there, people, some people missed out, 
whatever, maybe they had a valid reason where they're like, oh, I wouldn't have done it because I thought I would never get to the top 25%. But now if I would have known it was 75%, I would have tried. Hey, fuck off. You should have tried last time. Don't don't be a crybaby. And then when Frontier is nice to you, complain. But enough people complained. And Frontier was like, ah, we feel bad that people missed out. We'll give it to you. And I'll be honest with you from a selfish standpoint, man, am I glad for you crybabies. Thank you so much because I've got like a dozen ships that I want this FSD for. I already have it for two. I'm definitely going to get it in this CG, so I'll have it for three. But I'm going to go to the tech broker and buy it for a dozen more. I have three different Python ships that I use regularly on my fleet carrier. I've got my mission running Python. I've got <clears throat> my uh, uh, mining Python that's an Omni miner. And I've got my uh, hauling Python. <clears throat> I've got a couple different DBXs that I use for various purposes. I've got a bunch of the FSD 5 is like the most used FSD in the game. It's got like 15 ships that it works for. It's crazy the number of ships that it works for. So oh, I'm for sure going to be buying this for all of them because it's great. So I'm going to be getting it for many, many ships. So that's awesome. Get involved in this. And if you don't get involved in this, if you're joining the game a year later, you'll be able to get it from the tech broker. Huge salute to Frontier. That is amazing. That is beautiful. I love you so much for that. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> With regard to the mechanics of how the CG works for this CG, you know, uh, it's rares. So you can only hold, they'll only sell you like 30 or 60 or a, a set number, depending on what the system state is and whatever. There's a set number they'll sell you at a time. And if you already have some on you, they won't sell you anymore. So it's not like, oh, I'll just sit there and wait and collect it on the next board flip. Uh, no, you won't. You have to get rid of the ones you have. Now you can just get some and then go over and dump it off to the cell zone or you can get it and dump it off into a fleet carrier and go back and get it and dump it and get back and get it and dump it and then take that fleet carrier and transfer the shit over to a, a you know cutter and <clears throat> take over a larger number all at once uh the major the, the 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 group that's selling the most right now are like a million light seconds from the fucking primary star so that's a hassle unless you're doing it in a fleet carrier i've heard varying reports from people i personally have bought stuff from a fleet carrier stored it or sorry bought stuff from a, a rare goods from a, a station stored it on my own fleet carrier you can't buy or sell rares but you can store it on your own <clears throat> and then taking that throwing it in a cutter and taking it to dump to sell. I've heard though today from other people who are like, I've tried and I can't do that. I don't know what to tell you about that. I've done it myself, so I know that it works for me, but I've heard it from many people who said they have not been able to do that themselves. However you do it, there's you could buy them from one of the stations. It's like a jump away if you have a good, <laughs> from the last CG, if you have a good FSD5 double engineered, you can put it in a DBX that's set to haul and jump it straight over to the other spot and sell. You, you could do that and save yourself the hassle. It's your call. You do it however you do it. So that's the mechanics of the CG itself. The other part of the CG is setting up what this story is about this upcoming fucking summit the summit's going to be weird so let's ignore the alliance and the federation for the moment and look at the other players that are involved we know that sirius is sending somebody we know that the nmla is sending somebody and we know that the empire is sending multiple somebodies let's look for just a moment at who the empire is sending are they sending their supreme leader the emperor Arissa Lavinia Duvall? No, she's busy doing something. She's got to crochet some shit. 
but she's sending three representatives. <clears throat> Is she sending her stalwart old fucking Cruella Deville, whatever Zermina Torval, Queen of the Slavers? No, she's sending Chancellor. What the fuck? who is the old chancellor that's been the chancellor from back in the day when Emperor Hengist was the emperor, back before he got stabbed. That chancellor had people that were in his group, in his cluster, in his cadre, that were sympathizers for Nova Imperium. And yet somehow he kept his job and, and, and did enough to at least survive and have Emperor's ALD, Arissa Lavinia Duvall, keep him around. But he's being sent. Also, Denton Petraeus, who at the time that the old Emperor Hengist was murdered, was banging Arissa, or, uh, Ashling Duvall. That was, she was his boyfriend or whatever. and uh, Or he was her boyfriend. And <clears throat> it was his own dude, one of his patrons, patrons, one of his supporters that stabbed the emperor, obviously to make way for his girlfriend to take the throne. Subsequently, he tap danced enough to prove that he was whatever, loyal enough that he was allowed to be kept around. In addition to that, the third person that's being sent to represent the empire is the blue haired princess herself, Alrissa, or no, sorry, Ashling Duval, the people's princess, the pinup princess, and Arissa wants her around like she wants herpes. Like this is a person who has theoretically a clear claim to the throne and is gorgeous and is beloved by the people. And these are the three people that the emperor is sending to a summit meeting, which is being attended by Marlinists and which is not at all going to be targeted by these neo-Marlinist terrorists who just escaped with empire codes and use of an inside empire whatever from the intelligence service, the ISIS, and now they have a helmet that you can use as a fucking torture device slash truth serum whatever to question anybody you like. Basically, anyone who's got a fucking clue is watching this going, oh, this is for sure set up to end in fucking disaster. Just start eating your popcorn now and wait for shit to explode. And let me say that when it explodes, it's not gonna be Petra or Dennis Petraeus that dies. He's a fucking power play group. That's their frontier is not gonna do the work to change that around. He's gonna live. He's got plot armor. It's not gonna be the purple princess, the pinup princess, fucking Space Khaleesi. She's fine. Cause A, if she were to die, millions of little fucking sweaty nerd fanboys would be like, you killed my hot chick, my blue haired girl. So she, no. In addition to that, even if she wasn't the little space hottie pinup girl of the fucking game, she is a power play person. So taking her out means extra work for the coders. But Chancellor fucking Redshirt, oh, he is gone like Donkey Kong. That motherfucker's gonna die. Trust me. Um, so yeah, interesting times. We'll see what happens. And then, you know, there's other people that are being sent by the Alliance and by the Federation, so whatever. But they went out of their way in Galnet to set up who all is going for the Empire. Come on, hop in on here. Let's let's get some thoughts from from uh, from the crew on on this whole thing. Roy, hop in. I mean, I think your analysis makes perfect sense, and it certainly I don't think would shock anybody if uh 
if they took a safe, I'll just call it safe route through this disaster and killed off the, you know, uh, Guy Fliegman <laughs> character. <laughs> uh, I just wish, oh, wouldn't it be nice, though, if they pulled a, you know, a, a Joss Whedon and killed off a beloved character or at least an important character like that that would really i think that would really say something that'd be bold that would show they have some courage about storytelling and i don't know i just i I wish it would go that way that's a lot of extra work for the coders to do though to change every instance of the power play person but i agree with you that would be cool if they weeded it up but if they weeded it up they'd kill the people's princess and i guarantee you frontier does not have the balls to do that We'll see how it plays out. So that's that for the upcoming one. On the previous one with Rochester, man, this was the most boring way that the story could end. Cause like, oh, for sure it would be cooler to have Rochester around as a fucking weird wackadoodle Bond villain type wacky character getting into hijinks. And it would make for an interesting, compelling tier two sub power, sub superpower. He would be basically along the lines of a serious corp with a fucking, what's his name? Leon Ree and a couple of these other other Pranavantal type types where it's like they don't lead a superpower but they got a legit serious amount of power in there somewhere and like it could make for some cool wacky storylines as it is he's already been snapped up by the feds he's in jail now that doesn't mean it's the end of the story I think there's very good chance that either a he gets broken out by his inside powerful friends and family and still makes it somehow on the outside or they're gonna Epstein the fuck out of him I don't know one of the two but like the story's not done yet with that until I see a body until I see an article that the thing is done it's not done the fat lady has not yet sung it would be cool also now that he's arrested how about if we get a twofer how about if first he rolls over on Hudson and starts giving out some juicy details on that evil fuck and then he gets Epstein and or broken out that could be cool too Jess you got a thought I listened to all the points about the red shirt argument and here's what I think is I really want to jump in on this power play faction leader is gonna die before odyssey comes out i i will make a charity i'll make a charity bet with you for ten dollars right somebody will die now here's my theory right the alliance they've got shit going on they don't need to bomb summon they've got other weird things going on their, in the background. Their problem is with the Thargoids. They're they're the one that their thing is external, outside of humans. Go ahead. Federation is in turmoil. Mm-hmm. Zachary Hudson 100%. does not want any more bad shit on his doorstep because he's hanging on by a thread. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to bomb the Empire. The NMLA don't want to do it because they've just been relocated and they want to keep their image straight. Let, let me just correct that, because that's a very... Not the NMLA, the Marlinists. They're two very different groups. My apologies, the Marlinists, yeah. They they don't want to mess around. Mm-hmm. I think something is not going to happen at the summit, but I think something is going to happen behind the lines. I'm looking at Lavinia Duval. I'm looking at Space Nana. I And who's going to be culpable for that? Well, the dream team you've got going into the summit for the Empire would love it. Holy shit. Jess, you're blowing my fucking mind. You're saying, what if there's a reverse key? And while we're all looking to the left, expecting the station to blow up with blue hair, what if while she's at the summit, Arissa gets whacked and now Space Khaleesi and her little cadre of weirdos from the summit come back and take over? That would be some cool shit. Because, yeah, because look, she's got the sympathy, right? She's got the sympathy for the attack and the death of the people 
And let me tell you, she orchestrated it and she <laughs> will orchestrate this swing around and going back. So if I was writing this story, that's what would happen. And I hope that's what we see happens or something along those lines. That would be cool, man. That would be cool. I dig it. Real quick, before I close this up, does anything? Does anybody have anything to add on the stories or the whatever? We're obviously going to have par- part of that in the discussion topic, but I wanted to move on unless anything anybody has something. Okay, boss lady, go for it, and then we're going to move to the next. Yeah, so I just quickly wanted to say something about the rare goods trading, and I think everybody who has fleet carriers, and I mean, I hadn't heard about it not working for people with fleet carriers, but I do think that the last time we had this type of CG, it was pretty apparent that there was kind of a there was like a class difference. Those with, with fleet carriers could really bang this uh, CG out and those without were just struggling or, you know, felt like they were struggling, whether or not they were uh, is a different matter. So I do think that while it is cool to get people out there into the rares, I would say this is probably my least favorite trucking CG and hopefully everybody is finding a way to make it work because this module is worth it and it's worth all the effort we're putting in, but dang, they're making us work for it. Let me say, the last time we did one of these, which was the rares for the funeral for Space Khaleesi's daddy, I did not use my fleet carrier. I found a place that I could get to one jump away. I used my extreme jump uh, Diamondback Explorer. <clears throat> I went in, I picked up like 30 tons at a time, jumped one jump away to the cell spot, sold. Jumped one back, picked up. You can do that with the current one. I think Lave is a, a far jump maybe at most two jumps away, you can do that and just back and forth. And that's just as quick as unloading it into a fleet carrier to transfer over. So it can be done for everyone. And I was in the top either 10 or 25% for that last one. And I did not use a carrier. Not mine, not anyone else's. You can you can do it. So that takes us to the next section, which is real life science. I just want to take two minutes. We're going to next week have a full breakdown on the different aspects of the whole Mars missions. We've got the three missions. We've got the United Arab Emirates mission of the Hope mission, which uh, got there like a week ago. It got there like a February, yeah, more than a week ago, got like February 5th or 8th or some shit. And his is right now collecting atmospheric data. And God bless you guys. The UAE, man, like, yeah, okay, they're crazy rich Arabs, but like they're a fairly new country. They're doing a beautiful thing for all of humanity here and collecting atmospheric and weather data and information on Mars that will be used in conjunction with the rest of the world. I think there's way too many times where a lot of us look at the Middle East as like these crazy rich Arabs that are just doing stupid shit, like making fucking 400 story buildings for no reason and whatever and buying fucking $8 million cars. But like, this is a beautiful, gift to the future of humanity that they're taking part in this. So God bless and huge salute to them. The Chinese with Tianwen-1 got there on February 10th and, uh, you know, they started their mission. Right now, there's a contest that ends February 25th to name the rover. Now, yes, I think 99% of all of the submissions for names are going to be in Chinese, but like, hey, get in on that, man. Fucking come up with a cool name for that. That's 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 a beautiful thing. And, and God bless them. They're way more secretive on what the parameters for their mission is and what's happening for the next one, because we don't know what their schedule, mission schedule is. They may be sending, for all we know, the next window opens up in like 20 months or something like that. And when the next mission goes, next window goes, they may have another mission ready to launch or they might go 
on the next cycle. I don't know. We don't know. They're super secretive, but it's cool. And they're doing a, a beautiful thing. In addition to that, the NASA, NASA 2020, Mars 2020 mission obviously landed safely. We all watched it this week land, uh, the, the, the rover. Uh, and it's both the rover and that little helicopter drone thing. And it's all looking super, super good. They landed in the Jezero crater where they're going to be looking for proof of ancient life on Mars and, and different things. Um, so they're going to be following up on the previous NASA rover mission, which did find proof of ancient life on Mars. And they're going to be looking for further information on it. So super, super exciting all the way around. I wanted to just next week, like I said, we're going to have detailed breakdowns in the science section with lots of links for people. But I wanted to take just a little bit of time to let the cast just express their feelings on this beautiful fucking moment. All right. Boss lady. This is just really exciting. And I think what you hit on was an important point, which is that globally we are working together on this. So even if the the Chinese government is a little bit more secretive about what they're doing, the Arab Emirates and the US and the EU and everybody that is working on this project to get to Mars, it is pretty cool to see how the, the scientific side and this curiosity for exploration, of course there's competition going on, but uh, it's just really awesome to start seeing movement again in space exploration. So I am I am so excited to see what they find out there. Absolutely. Roy, hop in. So yeah, I watched uh, the live NASA feed as Perseverance oh, yeah. was going through its seven minutes of terror. And uh, man, I, I needed that. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but... I was just so dreading that thing not working, and that would just be the corker on a crappy 14-month period, you know? Um, yeah. But it worked. It worked, and it's awesome, and I was just so, so thankful for that. I'm also super excited to see the, the footage they're going to—I think it's the 22nd mm -hmm. they're going to come out with the footage from all these cameras they've put on the sky crane looking down, on the rover looking up, on the mm -hmm. thing looking at the heat shield, on the bottom of the rover looking at the ground. Like, they're going to have full-on motion video of all this craziness that before we could only watch simulations of. Mm -hmm. as the thing gets sky craned down to the surface that's going to be awesome i saw within an hour of the landing there were like six different memes going up of like oh look it's bernie on mars or oh look it's fucking i saw two different thargoid ones i created one myself i added to the fucking clutter i took the the clear image the first image of the landing and i put the monty python spanish inquisition guys i i used be funky and i photoshopped that up and i just posted it places and people were i saw that spreading around no one expects the Martian Inquisition. Uh, Jez, you're back. Hop in on this. I think it's an absolutely great week for science. And, and it's the, the start of, of a new step forward, especially for a space program, or at least a planet side, surface side space program that's been kind of stagnant since the 60s, in my opinion. But uh, the one concern that I have is if if, the, if you go out there and colonize and all of that, and then the people start working the belt, if people start buying ships and throwing asteroids around and all of that lot, you know, you've got to be careful for that we uh, we don't want to go that route mm. <laughs> I, I i have nothing to say to that <laughs> I, uh, spoilers sorry 
All right. So uh, I think that's the perfect place to close that out. We, like I said, next week we'll have detailed tabs and stuff. Um, so we'll be talking more about the different missions and it's super exciting. But I wanted to take a moment just to acknowledge it and say, God bless you, steely-eyed rocket men and women of NASA and the ESA and the Chinese group and the United Arab Emirates. God bless you all. And fucking well done to all three teams huge huge salute to all of you that takes us to our discussion topics the very first discussion topic that i wanted to get to tonight is the idea of new ships and my pitch that there should be a ship team and here's what i mean by a ship team i want a team of men and women to be hired as programmers in elite dangerous say oh i don't know four five, 10, whatever employees to be hired that are a completely separate walled off designated team that are just working on new ships. And let me give you the pitch why this makes sense. I think that once a quarter, there should be one to two new ships from this entirely separate team. Let's look at the fact that there are 12 million accounts right now in this game. If you were to once a quarter, so four times a year, put out a new ship or two, like two, say two ships, whatever, you would at that point get everybody enthusiastically looking to buy that ship, I think. I think the vast majority, if of 12 million accounts, let's say half of those accounts, because let's say a bunch of those accounts are duplicates, are, you know, oh, it's somebody's second or third account and they're not gonna buy the new ship. Okay, fine, whatever. But half, let's say half of those new accounts buy a new ship, they try it. And let's say 10% of those buy a ship kit. So half of 12 million is 6 million, 10% of 6 million is 600,000 and a ship kit, let's say it costs on average around eight bucks, you're talking about $4.8 million revenue to Frontier. Additionally, 12 million accounts, let's say half of them try the new ship as stated above, 25% of them buy a new paint job for say three bucks on average. It's four and a half million dollars of revenue for the company. Here is some information about ships. Let's look at the timeline of when ships were added to Elite Dangerous. <clears throat> And this comes from, there's a link I'll put in the show notes. In December 2014, when the game was released, 15 ships were started with the game. March 2015, another two ships added. June 2015, another three ships added. October 2015, another three ships added. December 2015, another ship six, six ships and an SRV. So December 2014, we started with 15 ships. March, June, October, and December, you added six, three, nine, nine and three is 12, 12 and two is 14, 14 ships in an SRV, okay? So in the first year of the game, there were 29 ships in an SRV added. Then in October, 2016, one ship and three SLFs were added. Just one ship and three SLFs. 2017, just one ship. 2018, you had February one, June, you had two. August, you had one and three SLFs. So in all of 20, oh, oh sorry. And December, 2018, you had two. You had the last two ships added to the game, the Crate and the Mamba. So two, three, four, five, six. Six ships and three SLFs added in 2018. Not a single ship has been added to the game since December of 2018. That's zero ships in over two years have been added to the game. 
this is crazy to me. We talked about last week, uh, or no, was it last week or the week previous? We, the week previous, we talked about how the funding model is such that, you know, Frontier is always looking for new money, which means new players, because most of us, we have all of the ships that we want. We have the paint jobs for the ships. We have the stuff. So we're not spending like crazy on the whatever. I also think that they should take advantage of this team to add in new SLFs, SRVs, guns, outfits, the whole nine yards. It should be every month or two, there's a new SRV or SLF or a gun or an outfit or a something. Now, this would be revenue positive by a massive fucking margin. It would legitimately, you know, just be easy profits. As I just stated above, you add in a new ship kit or a new ship and, and you get a, a, a conservative number of ship kits for it. $0.8 million, three or four, or four times a year. New paint jobs, four and a half million. You put those two together, you're talking about close to $10 million, four times a year, an extra $40 million here and there. That, that pays for, you know, easily a half a dozen employees and extra. You're just making profit. In addition to that, you're generating hype, which will do nothing but add to the concurrent player counts and the long-term growth of the game. Frontier already know that this is a winning thing. They've already used it. If you go back and look, <clears throat> we've got multiple variant lines for the same ship, like the Federal Assault Ship, the Federal Gunship, and the Federal Dropship. It's the same ship with the little tweaks here and there. The Chieftain, the Challenger, and the Crusader. Exact same ship with a couple of tweaks here and there. The Chieftain is the most maneuverable. The, the Challenger and the Crusader, one's got more guns, the other one's got an SLF built in. It's obvious. The Asp Explorer and the Asp Scout, same ship. Little tweaks. DBX and the DBS, the Diamondback Explorer and the Diamondback Scout. Same ship, little tweaks. It is very easy for them to take, add a ship model, add in some little changes here and there and say, okay, here, look, here's a couple of different things. Elite has 38 playable ships, six playable SLFs and one playable SRV, okay? It was released in 2014. By comparison, Star Citizen has over a hundred ship distinct variants. You know, the Mustang Alpha, the Mustang Beta, the Mustang Gamma, one's a race ship, one's a gunship, one's a whatever, but they're they're similar sort of body types of Mustangs. They have over a hundred different variants of ships and a dozen ground vehicles. And it's still a fucking tech demo. Star Citizen also has generated 10 times the revenue of Elite. That's conservative. People might say, because I know David Braben was quoted in the past as saying like, well, you know, what you say, people say they want more ships. What do you want more ships for? What, what role are we missing? Well, I can tell you some roles that we're missing. We're missing a large explorer. We're missing, you know, a couple of different things. But in addition to that, it's not even about that. See, David Braben is your fucking beautiful mind genius. You've got these guys that are out there that they're smart guys, but they don't think like we do. They're they're just smarter. They're on a different level. You got your fucking Bill Gates dudes who's like a billionaire and still has an $8 haircut because he's just this beautiful mind dude who doesn't see the point. He's like, that's wasting money on a haircut. Like, yeah, okay, oh, that's fine for you. You were a mathematical genius and you don't get it. You're not the average gamer. The average gamer wants choice. Let's just look at pickup trucks alone in America, okay? You've got your Ford, Toyota, Dodge, Chevy, GMC, Honda, Nissan, etc. They all make multiple versions of just pickup trucks. The fact that they're all very, very similar. A pickup truck does one thing, like a pickup truck, let's call it like a hauler, like a cargo hauler, as opposed to, we're not talking about combat ships. We're not talking about exploration ships. We're not talking about 
passenger ships. We're just talking about cargo haulers, pickup trucks, one very, very simple, small market. And yet there's over 50 types of pickup trucks alone that you can purchase right now in America on the market. Why? Why are there over 50 types of pickup trucks? If pickup trucks are all more or less within five to 10%, the same fucking thing, because people love the illusion of choice and they will pay you for that service. Now, I understand that you're going to hear the comment from people, what about ship balancing? No, it's not even about that. What's the difference between a Python and a, and a fucking Crate Mark II? They both do more or less the same thing. The difference is the Python's got a little more externals. Uh, it turns a little slower. It, it, it accelerates a little slower and it's got better armor and it doesn't have an SLF. They're the same fucking thing. They're just slightly different flavors upon that. It's not a matter of balancing. It's a matter of you can assign the ship value scores for each thing and say, oh, it's within this margin, it's within that margin. People won't care. If it won't, it's not a matter of you can have one where the stats are, you know, straight up the same, where it's like, you know, Python or Crate Mark II, your choice. Some people like A, some people like B. You know, some like apples, some like oranges, but they have slightly different characteristics. They have different aesthetics and you will find people that will tell you they will fight to the death and say Python is the best ship in the game. You will find people that will fight to the death and say Crate Mark II is life and everything else is a fucking lie. It's because we all have our quirks. We like what we like. We have our different things that we like. And what I'm saying is if Frontier were to embrace this, if they were to see what Star Citizen saw years ago, they would be making massive amounts of extra money and making the player base happy because I guarantee you people will come across and say, oh man, this one looks kind of like they made it, you know, uh, Frontier made a new ship and it has the aesthetics that look a little like the Rosinante or they made a new ship and the aesthetic looks a little like the Star Fury. And I'm not saying copy somebody else's intellectual property, but if you hire a team of a dozen people from the $9 million a year at four quarter intervals. So you're talking nine times four. Well, it's like nine and a half, but let's say 10. So 10 times four, $40 million a year. You can have a whole crew of people that are just churning out every every quarter. Here's a new ship or two. Here's a new gun. Here's a new hat. Here's a new outfit. Here's a new SLF. Here's a new SRV. It's free money and it will make your player base super, super happy. All right, let's start with Boss Lady B. Go for it. So I think this does tie back to the topic of, of kind of a Game Pass type thing. But in this case, it's very specifically the ships. And... I think that even though the balancing is coming up as an issue, I think that actually might be a benefit. So I think that there's something to be said for the meta changing, because right now, you know, there's a certain ship you use for a certain thing. Yes, there's some of us that love not going meta, and there's some of us that like this ship versus that ship. But I think with a couple new ships every so often, we would have this changing it up and this real excitement about piloting and testing it out and seeing what it can be and how it changes up the, the lineup of the different ships. And the game that I see this, I don't play it myself, but I see it from the outside is League of Legends. They always have these new characters coming in that have specific skills and they're always balancing and adjusting and tweaking um, and changing it up. And what it leads to is a very, very dedicated player base that is 
always experimenting with the different combinations. And I think for a lot of people who are really into the shipbuilding side of things, this would just be a dream come true. And you know what? Honestly, if they had a ship that had zero difference in any stats whatsoever from the Python, but it looked like the Rosinante, kind of, it was like more that style. It doesn't have to be a knockoff copy, but something in that aesthetic, I'd buy it tomorrow. Next up, we got Jez. I'm kind of uh, keen on the opposite of ship balancing and going into the realms of specialization. Now, it's hard to do that with the array of ships that we already have, kind of. Now, the way that I would probably get around that is make the ship still do all the things that they can do right now, but expand on speciality modules, especially of all the shakeup in the manufacturing companies. So your Asp Explorer can suddenly hold a some kind of specific module designed only for exploration, whereas mm. suddenly the Asp Scout becomes... No, that doesn't become viable, but other ships become viable for other activities. And, and that's one thing I actually like about Star Citizen is, you know, I, I love the fact that you, you're not going to take your Orca into battle. It's like the, the jewel of the sea rocking up to an aircraft carrier and being like, sup. It doesn't, you know. So I think that balancing within categories of gameplay, great but I think it's time to start looking at making these ships fit in to a actual role. Aside from the fact that I've seen some really cool three-on-threes with surprise battle orcas that ram you, that boop you to death, I agree with everything that you just said there. Roy? Um, so let me start by saying I spend an inordinate, inordinate amount of time uh, theorycrafting ships. I've only been playing for just over a year, and um, even, even on days that I'm not playing, and gasp, there's days I don't play, but I'm I'm on Coriolis or I'm on ED Shipyard and I'm trying to find new and interesting niches for ship builds and just trying out stuff that maybe seems completely ineffective. Um, so just as a baseline, having more ships, whether they're slight modifications on others or big modifications on others, more equals better. For me also, like to your point about, you know, in real life, there's many different manufacturers of, of cars and having that variety, I think would at a minimum make the, the universe feel more lived in when you just see more variety and not just the same eight or ten ships all the time um and one of the things i'm curious about is like what this has been an intentional decision like you've went through the history of how many ships have come out someone intentionally did that i would ask why and i'm wondering if if FDev thinks that the built-in modularity is a, is a substitute for this, like, yes, there's only one DBX, but you can load it up, you know, there's how many permutations are there of all the different things you can put in the in the internal slots? I, I don't mm. think it satisfies it, but may, I'm just trying to imagine if they've kind of gone down a bit of a wrong path thinking that that sort of scratched that itch. It does for, it, I mean, it's it's great. I, I love the modularity of the internal stuff and engineering on top of that. Um, mm -hmm. But it's still it's still the same box you're putting everything into. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I think back to uh, Destiny 2. When Destiny 2 first came out, one of the big changes was from Destiny 1 was that uh, weapons you'd find, uh, instead of having random stats, different perks, you know, different types of sights or barrels, and um, uh, it would affect the aim down sights and all this sort of thing. They sort of froze a version of each gun, and that's the only one you could find. Mm. Uh, and uh, it, I ended up leaving the game uh, mainly because I got 
sort of one of everything and then it was boring and i really longed for the the fun grind of getting exactly the one i wanted when they had random rolls and they eventually brought that back and i went back to the game and had a lot more fun and yes that was guns it's not ships but the point is having that kind of a variety is um that that, that leads into things like now it's there's more things to to aspire to there's there's more things to try out um, it certainly would make for more things that even, I mean, just to think about content creation, how often do you see top people talking about ship builds? And I think, I think the reason it's not that prevalent is because there really isn't that many to talk about. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm all for it. And I'd love to see even the, even the sort of Chevy versus GMC kind mm -hmm. of, uh, slight differences just, just to expand the, the the realness of uh, you know the of, of the universe we, we're playing in and a lot of times you get the chevy versus gmc versus ford guys where they're talking about a specific model of truck for each of the three brands that is pretty much statistically exactly the same as far as like the carry cargo pads capacity engine this that, and the other and it's it's not a, even about the like oh this one's better it's aesthetics it's Mine has the little fucking this symbol on the front and yours has the, you know, flared out fucking dually looking wheel in the back and yours has the whatever. And it's like, yeah, it's just people like and they will pay for choices, even if those choices are an illusion. If Frontier were to right now put out a ship that was... You know, if they were to say, we're going to take the Python and the Crate Mark II, and we're going to put out two variants. So it's two ships that have the exact same specifications, like all the, all the characteristics, how fast it does its laterals, its transitions, its max speed, its boost speed, its acceleration, its internal spot sides. It's, it's, it's all of the same, everything. It's, it's armor values, it's shield values, everything the same, but they're two vastly different looking ships. One looks something like a, you know, more like a, a space plane looking thing. And one looks like a crazy cylinder rocket thing, like a, like a expanse ship. And, and okay, we're going to take the crate Mark two and we're going to put out the exact same stats in every way. But one looks more like a flying saucer and the other one looks more like a something that looks like a you know F seventeen uh, um, or 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 the or, or a B two bomber you know like oh this this has that this has that look this has that look people will you will find people that will go like oh my god I gotta get that one because it looks so cool people will and if you have a team that you're paying for with an extra forty million dollars a year and extra money is being brought into the company as extended profits. Why not? Yes, F-117 sword. Yes, I, I know I said it wrong. It, why not take those money, take those teams and say, oh, also while you're at it, map out the internals of all of those ships and with the extra money, because you have extra people, map out the internals and get the stuff ready for the other ships, the, the 38 existing ships. So the like the the ship team, which is being paid for entirely by the profits that it brings in in and of itself, is also getting this stuff ready because let me tell you something, show of hands, people in the chat and the crew, who here would be excited for walking in ships? Who here wants that in Elite? 
All, all of the everyone's? Okay, yeah. So, yeah, even our fucking, even our on-air producer chimed in and said yes. Like, yeah, everybody wants it. And it's, who here doubts that if they were to add two ships every quarter, we would all buy them? Like, most of us would buy them, right? If they were to add two ships right now, then say, hey, these are the two ships for Q1 2021. It's two ships. We got a small ship that does blah, and we got a medium ship that does blah. And then, you know, in the summertime, here's our new two ships. We got a medium ship that does blah, and a large ship that does blah. Is there anyone here that wouldn't, and, and I'm not talking about doing the Star Citizen model where they say like, here's a new ship, it's $300. No, no, it's still under the elite model of here's a new ship, it costs 12 million credits. Okay, but when you buy that new ship, what are a lot of us gonna immediately do? Ooh, I need to have the midnight black paint job for it when that comes around come Black Friday. And ooh, for now, I'll just get the special iridescent purple or I'll get the gleam, I'll get the chrome. And oh, I'm gonna get this Raider ship kit that makes it look like, you know, whatever for it. And you know what? How about every year or two, add some new fucking ship kits. Go on the existing ships and say, hey, where's the new ship kit? They sell those for like 12 bucks a pop. Free money, get your money. Put out a product, i.e. ship kits, new ships that we can put ship kits on, new SRV models, new SLF models, new stuffs, put out product that we can buy and give you money for. Your existing player base, the people who have had this game for years and have all the stuff already and are giving you no monies a month, would like the opportunity to hand you money. Frontier, take the money. Somebody, anybody have anything else on this subject that you want to add in? Go ahead, uh, go ahead, boss lady. <laughs> I loved, I, it feels weird cutting it at this point, but I do want to bring up one little thing which my brain was just like, ah, what about this? So I think the one thing that it would be interesting how it would play out is that idea of with a DLC, we're getting extra ships. And that's kind of how they donut in the past. With Horizons, we get extra ships as well as planetary landings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I know the one thing that sets Elite apart from Star Citizen is that we don't pay for ships. And that in-game, we don't really get to, you know, you don't you don't put in 100 arcs and you get your Python. So I'm guessing that the way this model would work would be you pay the DLC to unlock the ability ability to buy the ship in game oh. with your in-game credits. Nope, 100% nope, 100% nope. In fact, that's not what Frontier has done so far. As when I read off the list of the stuff, some of the ships came with Odyssey, that's true. Or, or not Odyssey, Horizons, that's true. The first 15 ships came in December. In March, you know, four months later, two new ships. Three months after that, three new ships. Four months after that, three new ships. Two months after that, six new ships in an SRV. I'm not in any way saying this is pay to play. What I'm saying is they put out the ships starting tomorrow or, you know, whatever, start this program tomorrow, put out the ships quarterly at zero extra pay to play. This is part of the base game. Here's the surprise or here's not the surprise. Here's the thing that all of the game makers know already, which is this. You don't have to charge for the ships. You just put them in for free and charge for the cosmetic upgrades. Your nerds will buy the ship, then want it to look pretty, then pay you money for the cosmetics only. Does that 
address that yes concern. i just wanted to make sure just in case anybody was you know not not hearing that because that's the most important part right it's just the cosmetic and i love how you put together the numbers and made pretty much a good proposal for frontier to take this one up the numbers if you look at star citizen the numbers of people that go up every time there's every quarter they put out a couple new ships and when they do people come back to the game people who haven't played the game in three or four months come back play it for a week, look at the new ship, get excited by it, and then, you know, play or fuck off. They do whatever they're doing because it's a tech demo. It's not a complete game the way Elite Dangerous is a complete game right now. Imagine for a second, boss lady, that you haven't been playing, or 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 Jez or, or Roy, imagine you haven't been playing Elite for two or three months because there was nothing in it for you. There was like, eh, it's on hold. It's whatever. I'm busy. I'm whatever. Imagine you saw a commercial, a little video, a, a three minute YouTube video of this new ship and oh, and they have great, you know, cinematic looking whatever and it's flying by and it looks so sleek and they show you this and they show you these different angles and they show you it firing missiles. That gets nerds hard. Then we're like, I gotta go play this new thing. It's a new whatever. They're not charging me anything for it. It's free. It's I buy it for credits in game. But after I got it, oh my God, shouldn't I get that chrome fucking paint job? Shouldn't I get that iridescent gold paint job so that when I kill other nerds, I can be like, witness me, shiny and chrome. Go Jess. Roy's going to hate me for this, but this kind of, I think our points are similar. What I'd like to see is if, if they're going to do things like that, what would be really great is if specialists in the community, uh, if we're looking at ships that are going to have a specialist role, that must have ship, that there's communication between the company and the players about what they think they would like in the AX ship, what they think would be a viable but enjoyable challenge. You've got your PVPers. How do they design a sh ship? that will bring more spice to the FDL battle and all the rest of it. And I think it would be a great community engagement exercise um, and highly, highly profitable if, if there's a two-way relationship and designing some ships because the players know how they want the ships to handle and, and what is fun when it's challenging. Uh. Absolutely. I think they should open up a thread where literally people just throw in ideas for ships and the ship team, you, you got your whatever, your 10 person team that is on the side doing whatever they do. Like they don't even acknowledge it. They don't tell you, but like they, oh, wow. Did you see this guy? He threw it a new thing. Oh, yeah, let's do this. Let's do that. And again, you know, it's, it's still, you don't see it till they come out with it. And they're like, oh, here's the teaser for this one, this quarter. And you're, you get excited and whatever, but they can absolutely have a thread where people just throw out ideas and it's not, oh, we're going to guarantee you're getting this one or that one. They just, the team just, okay, here's free crowdsourcing of here's what our customers want. Man, I'm hearing a lot that people want something that looks like a trireme. Man, I'm hearing a lot that people want something that looks like a fucking flying saucer. Man, I'm hearing a lot that people want something that looks kind of like something from The Last Starfighter or Babylon 5 or somebody wants something that looks like almost like a fucking TIE fighter or some weird design, whatever. And yes, you cannot copy other people's intellectual property, but you can be inspired in certain ways and make things that are intellectually distinct, but you'd know uh, along the lines of have the homage to whatever stuff that could be cool 
Roy. Um, just to thread a bit on the, the community engagement idea. I mean, we brought this up before on the show in, in, in a while back, but in, in talking about CGs, like how much more interesting would this Rochester CG thing have been if a new ship design was riding on it? Mm-hmm. Like that, that would mm-hmm. get people even, you know, that, then it's not just I'm doing this because I'm with the Federation. It might be, wow, Rochester's coming up with something that's going to be maybe the new meta for pvp or maybe the new meta for bounty hunting or you know something that fits in with the lore of the story you know that that's an opportunity for that and i wouldn't suggest that all the ship designs go through that process you could still have a churn of you know the the new chevy the new ford whatever but there could be some marquee designs that go through that process and and really get the the community passionate about one of you know one version of one ship or the other again roy illusion of choice ready Hold my beer. Ready? Oh, we're going to have a design. Oh, if you do this thing, then Rochester gets away. If you do this thing, then Rochester doesn't get away. Then you announce that, oh, it's going to be tied to a ship. Who's going to be the next one to come out? Who's going to be the new people to come out with the next ship? Is it going to be the Lacon ship or the core dynamic ship? And then fucking at the end of the week, team A or team B wins. And whoever is the team that wins, you say, oh, they've got the new ship. And you slap their little fucking sticker on whatever ship you make ta-da that's one way to do it (laughs) i mean like seriously illusion of choice but it still gets people excited because the whatever i mean i I said this in the chat i think there's a portfolio approach here there's some ships that should be just churned out that are minuscule differences from what they're based on and it's a different shape I, i think there's other ones that yeah you could do what you just described you you already bake it like here's one I baked already, and we're just gonna—it's actually gonna be given to whoever wins the CG, but you don't reveal the design. And then there could be ones that you put more effort into. This, like, look, here's what the proto—here's the prototype that rolled out in whatever the equivalent in Elite is of a car show annually, uh, showing the next year's prototype, and actually get people excited about one or the other, having seen the designs. So or you could do pretty much what we what you said there in the first group, which is we've got sort of two designs for two varying ships, and we're so like these look cool. We, these are ones we're working on in the next couple of months. And then you put it out there and you say, who's going to win? And you let you show a glimpse of each of the two ships. And people either pull to the left or pull to the right. And depending on where they pull, you legitimately give them a different ship. This is the ship. Okay, we're going to start. We're going to wrap up. We're, you know, behind the scenes. Yes, we've already, we got it three quarters of the way done. But we're going to do a sprint to finish product A or product B. The people pulled for A, we're doing A. And then... You know, product B, you'll get in three months, four months, whatever. But like, yeah, give people some, again, it's an illusion of choice, sort of, but a real choice, a distinct choice in there nonetheless. We're going to let Jez have the last word on this one, then we're moving on to the next subject. I'm bringing two threads together about CGs and new ships. One thing that I was thinking about earlier, and I think would really play into this concept that would be cool to see, is that... CGs right now to, to alleviate the stress of somebody potentially missing something really good and having to wait for it to come up again if it is going to come up again. It'll be interesting to see if they could work it so that there is a point or a currency kind of system that you're rewarded some kind of merits for completion of CGs at a variable level and you can eventually save up for different rewards that are always going to be accessible as long as you've put the work in. And what would be cool, I think, is that one of the higher rewards, one of the bigger time investments would be ships. Maybe not a whole lot, but ships you can only get that way. 
And I think hmm. that would be a good idea for people that are out in Beagle Point that suddenly just have this excellent CG pops up and this excellent reward that they've got not, you know, no you know, bats chance and a barn dance of getting back and doing, you know? So I kind of, th- I hope to see a little bit of a shakeup, I guess. I would love to see, this is a whole other subject for another night, but I would love to see some CG or whatever, not a CG per se, and not a time sensitive thing. Cause see, you, people get butthurt when something is time sensitive. I can't get the Cobra Mark IV cause I had to pre-order during this time period and I didn't play the game back then. So I can never, ever get it. That that is literally just punishing your players. I mean, it's rewarding a few, but punishing the majority. So that pisses people off. But I would love to see some unlocks, not time sensitive, permanent unlocks for things where you can only unlock this type of explorer ship if you've been to Beagle Point. You can only unlock this if you've done that. Some rewards for people that go off the beaten path and do other things you can only unlock this ship if you have gotten cqc and man people will fucking go into cqc for it finally you can only unlock this if you've got combat elite or that or like just something that could be a status and again going based off of if you have only 38 ships and you have very defined roles and this is the best ship in that meta you can't do that without pissing people off but if you have a hundred variant ships and a lot of them it's not even about what they do differently statistically they're the same as these other three ships statistically more or less within a varying degree but it is a unique aesthetic that people see that and go Ooh, that guy's really good at combat. Ooh, that guy's done some shit with Thargoids. Ooh, that guy's done some weird buckyball race type thing. He's got an SRV that has, you know, a special... It has the exact same stats as the current SRV, but it has like a fucking spoiler on the back and it's got some weird fucking race car looking shit and it's got a special paint scheme that only can be put onto the race variant. Ooh, that guy must be a whatever. And then like legitimately give that out to the buckyball racers or to the whatever and say, you know, Alec Turner, Fat Haggard, you were in charge of the buckyball racers and the elite race groups. How about you, uh, you know, y- you guys pass these out to your, to your, people who won races a couple times a year or whatever like you submit the name to frontier and we'll issue the whatever something i don't know all right we got to move to the next thing um so i'm cutting off everything uh the 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 next topic we're gonna just sort of skip it i'm just gonna mention it briefly i had mentioned last week we, we didn't have a chance to get to all our discussion topics but i had previously mentioned scientific inconsistencies to the guys at live radio and we talked about it behind the scenes and we talked about what happens if uh, you know it's uh, too high a G, but then you can't get out? But then there's a planet port there, or if it's this, but then there's that. Like weird inconsistencies, small you know stations that don't have gravity, but uh, there's a bar still, and I'm sitting here looking down at my open beer mug or my martini glass. Like what the fuck? And we didn't get a chance to do our other discussion topics last week because uh, we took our time with why I love Elite, and they ran with it and used it as their uh, main topic. 
topic last week. So go enjoy their show for that topic. Courtesy of Elite Week. <laughs> Next subject, community question. Make Alliance a real third superpower. What do I mean by this? I mean, we just had a situation where Lacon was bought out by, the, the shares were bought out by uh, the Alliance. And I think that that's cool. I think that it should stay with the Alliance. I think that it's already been sort of very, very closely tied to the Alliance, but now it's officially owned by the Alliance. I would like to see Frontier extend that fact into this new sort of concept of <clears throat> let's make the Alliance a for realsies superpower. As in, number one, there should be an Alliance rep grind with unlocked ships. The same way as you have the Alliance, the Federation has, you know, you get a Fed dropship, gunship, assault ship, uh, fucking uh, uh, Corvette. The same way that the 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 Empire has the uh, Eagle, Courier, Clipper, Cutter. There should be a round of ships that are unique to the Alliance that you have to work for Alliance rep to get, unlock, and use. Uh, I, you guys all know, I've been saying for the longest time, the the Fed's got the best combat ship for PVE combat with the Corvette. The Empire has the vet best business ship for mining and, and uh, hauling with the Cutter. The Alliance, I would love it if they had the best exploration ship um, that had, you know, extra long jump range and good scanners or whatever. And it fits with the lore of the Alliance of Nick McTurner had that fucking special ship that he took the prototype when he went out looking for the Thargoids. They should have a super large exploration special dedicated ship. And some people will say, well, that's the Anaconda. No, it's not. That's not the Anaconda's role. The Anaconda's role is not to be the best explorer. It's to be the best all around. It's supposed to be the best middle of the road ship. It's supposed to be not the best, but the second best combat. Not the best, but the second best hauler. Not the best, but the second best explorer. If the balance is right, the alignment should have the best explorer and the conda should be your best all-rounder your best sort of middle of the road ham and egger and 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 yeah so i would love to see that and i would love to see nuanced three-way cgs in the future where it's not the feds and the imps fighting each other it's the feds the imps and the alliance in a three-way cutthroat that could be cool and could lead to all kinds of neat opportunities so let's make the alliance great again or for the first time. Uh, let's see here. Jess, hop in. This is a long-standing, since they announced Odyssey Theory I have, and I think what you're describing is of actually what is in play here, because um, going back to that kind of point about the summer earlier, you've got the Federation that is dodgy at the moment and not really doing too well with infighting. You've had all of the issues with sub agendas within the Empire, and whilst you've had the Alliance kind of do-do-do in the background, having their own problems, don't get me wrong, but whilst the other two factions have got a lot of infighting, their solidarity to a point in the Alliance, and I think that is going to float them to the top, and what you've just described is going to happen, and that will be how new ships are introduced into Odyssey. It's very cool thought. I mean, let's not... So yes, the vast majority of the Federation 
and Empire storylines have been internal strife and strife within the two of each, you know, within each other as superpowers competing for stuff. Whereas the vast majority of the Alliance storyline has been sort of an external struggle aimed at the Thargoids, back and forth shit with the Thargoids in both the Witchhead Nebula and now the Colsack Nebula. But let's not overlook the fact that there is an internal power struggle that is just shaping up between Edmund Mahan and uh, Senator whatever the fuck her name is uh Makano or Makano it's a it's a woman that has like a Japanese sounding last name uh <clears throat> that so so he's got a sort of a challenge coming from his left let's say uh that is like a, a, a election challenge coming up on the now paused elections uh go ahead boss lady so I wanted to bring up kind of a similar point but out into connecting out into the real world which is that I think a lot of people when they look at the political belief systems of the two major superpowers, a lot of people don't particularly agree with either. So I think that the Alliance is always the one who, uh, the first person I heard say this was Father Bill. He's like, you know, I don't really support any of the superpowers, but if I did, it'd probably have to go with the Alliance because it's Mm -hmm. the most aligned with my own beliefs. Mm -hmm. So I want to see the Alliance become a little bit more of a player in this because in a way, between the Federation and the Empire, there is some standards that are being set, ethically speaking, in the world of Elite Dangerous, uh, let's just say <clears throat> indentured servants and such. Um, and it would be cool to see that storyline of the independence and the alliance and how that community would work, especially considering it's kind of a bit of a a mess because there's so many individuals and so many voices that are part of that governmental system and seeing how that plays out in the world of Elite Dangerous. All right, Roy, why don't you hop in to close out this topic before we get to uh, State of the Game? Yeah, just maybe a bit to thread on what Boss Lady was just saying. I think that's really intriguing. And I I was, as you were saying that, I was trying to think like, okay, (laughs) this is going to sound weird, but how do we make the Alliance dirty? Like, what are they doing wrong? Because they can't be perfect. Um, It Mm. is true that they don't have the, the most distasteful elements on the surface of the other two, but I, I think that I think it'd be a richer story if, if they were put out there that way, and then it became known that they were I don't know performing secret experiments on Thargoids or something uh, in a really um, sort of um, District Nine kind of way. Um, I think that would make the story a whole lot richer, and and. I, it's almost like I think it makes the story more believable if all three of them are corrupt in different ways, if I could say it that way. To serve Thargoids, it's a cookbook! <laughs> but that, that, I mean, that, that to me gives it gives it more depth and, and realism. Um, and uh, and I think that would give them their seat at the table by having some dirt on their hands as well as being better than the other two in certain areas. I dig it. All right, folks, it's time that we wrap this up and take it home. We're way over time. Uh, Roy, state of the game. I'm still enjoying exploration. Um, I I really enjoyed the Dr. K talk, even though it was a bit of a chore to work through some of the things you mentioned and, and oh, I love Dr. focus K. on that. But that was, I, I don't often... Because they come up during the day, I don't often make a point of being able to see them during my work hours, but that one I did, and I'm glad I did, and I wish there was more of that. That really, um, I got a lot out of that. I'm, I'm going to go with a, and, and I'm still loving the exploration on the, the loose screws, uh, uh, distance screws exploration. I'm going to, I'm going to give overall like seven and a half. Boss Lady B. 
having a lot of fun. I just saw the Void Hearts for the first time and the Lagrange Ooh. Red Lagrange Cloud with the storm and um, some anomalies. So I'm at an eight personally with the game because I'm just having mm. a lot of fun with some of those things that are out there. Jez, um, having thought about it in my own position of the state of the game, and I gave a lot of thought this week. As long as people are still going out there and helping others out to get their ships fixed if they're in the trouble or participating in turning the dark wheel or going on adventures with Drew Wagar and contributing to players in need such as Dove Enigma and, and IGAU doing scientific research in the real world paired with Elite Dangerous as long as that's going on and the community is still there and doing what they do then the state of the game is immeasurable um, and I think my focus now has to get excuse me my focus now has to go on players propping the game up before assessing Frontier propping the game up because it's a sandbox and they're doing a good job as players. All right. WK Jazz's state of the game is a question mark. Uh, immeasurable. There we go. Tweak just posted in our uh, crew chat that uh, my state of the game is still a three. Uh, I, I told you guys last week, and I'm going to stick to what I said. The state of the game last week was a three. I told you they were going to lose one point every week until we got some real answers as to what is going on. So this week they moved from a three to a two. You guys heard me last week. You know I love the game. I think, I hope you heard me this week and know that I love the game. I'm simply doing what I said I was going to do and move them down one every week until we get real answers. Frontier, if you're listening, I know several of you are. Give us real answers. You you can rock it up. But this week, you're a two. Next week, you'll move down to a one. I, I, I'm a man of my word. I said I was going to do this. I'm going to do this. Until you give us real answers, this is where we're at. Uh, Boss Lady B, say goodbye to the beautiful people. Have a wonderful night and a classy weekend, you guys. It has been a pleasure and uh, stay dangerous out there in the black. WK Jez, say goodnight to the beautiful people. Um, yeah, goodnight, everybody, and appreciate everything that people have done for me in light of my elite dangerous career changing. You're all great people, and thank you. Roy, say goodbye. Fly casual, but stay dangerous. And I'm going to remind all of you, as Bill and Ted said, be excellent to each other. If you have a beer in one hand and your hotess in the other, it ain't that bad. So enjoy. Control it on. Go ahead and play us out. Don't you know I'm no good for you? I've learned to love you can't afford to. Tore my shirt to stop you bleeding, but nothing ever stops you leaving. Quiet when I'm coming home, I'm on my own. I can see it. Don't.
it when I'm coming home, I'm on.